Hello and welcome to another episode of Shadewood, a podcast by the Worcester Shire. In this episode, we'll be talking about episodes 15 and 16 of season 3 of Pretty Little Liars. Fun fact, when Sadie watched these episodes, she sent us a text that said, I don't know whether I'm coming or going with these episodes, so you you know they're going to be good. (laughs) So as you know, we're three sisters who have decided to start a podcast to talk about our favourite TV shows and movies. And of course, our favourite TV show is Pretty Little Liars. Two of us have seen the show before, but one of us hasn't. So that makes it even more fun. We have a motto. Our motto is, if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. So introduce yourselves, guys. Yeah. I'm Suna. I'm Sadie. And I'm Arzum. Um, I'll hand over to Arzum, who's going to recap episode 15 real quick for us. Yep. So episode 15 is called Mona Mania. And it's called this because this whole episode revolves around Mona making a comeback at school. She has come back, um, she's like a phoenix risen from the ashes and now she's causing havoc amongst the school and ruining the girls' lives in different ways. And it's an excellent episode. And Sadie, do you want to do episode 16 for us? Yep, so episode 16 is called Misery Loves Company. And in this episode we get a bit of a curveball thrown at us. There's things going on everywhere um i don't know how to explain it it's just drama there's so much drama in this episode well one thing that we do know is the name is kind of based on that um stephen king story misery and a very similar Mm. thing happens in this storyline i don't know that book ah it's where um there's a famous author and he kind of gets um hurt or something and a fan of his picks him up and takes him home to nurse him back to health. But then she turns out to be crazy. Mm. Sound familiar? Sounds familiar. What are you guys into? Weird things. Weird things. It's Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most one of the most popular books ever. <laughs> I, know. I know who Stephen King is. I just don't read his books. Why would I want an anxiety attack? Liking the mainstream things. <laughs> so underground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of this show, but it's um really underground and unheard of. It's called Pretty Little Liars. Oh wow, tell me more. I've never heard of this. Okay, so it's about these four dumbass girls <laughs> whose best friend got murdered. Wow. And they spend the next however many years of their lives trying not to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten would watch again. <laughs> Have watched multiple times. <laughs> Have watched multiple times. Cool. Anyway, um, this week, should we start with Emily for, for once? Yeah, I think so. Not for once. We always one. start with Emily, actually. We haven't started with Emily for a while, actually. She had, like, a moment. But can I just say, that moment lasted all of 10 seconds because now they're going back to pretending the lighthouse never happened. It's only ever brought up for, like, convenience. No one's going through any actual, like... Yeah. trauma about it. Emily's like, yeah, so what, I killed the guy. Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, so who wants to start with Emily? The girls um, start off the episode, just for context, start off the episode all together. They're going to the school in the middle of the night for God knows what reason. I say God knows, but we know. They're going to Harold's room again um, to go and find some more things from Allison. And Hannah's like worried about whether Byron actually did the things that you know they're accusing him of, like hurting Allison. And Hannah's also like, I have enough daddy issues of my own. I can't deal with them from Arias too. <laughs> and it was just really funny. <laughs> Hannah had some really good lines in this episode. She does. I feel like she always has the best lines. But they go into this room and the lights kind of switch off so they can't see anything. But Spencer's like, guys. I think we're not alone in here. And this is like not the only time we hear this in these episodes. I feel like the writers find a quote or like line that they really like and we just see it come up again for the next few episodes and then never again. It's like a challenge the writers set themselves. (laughs) Like how many times can we say we're not alone in these episodes? (laughs) I know. Anyway, they go into Harold's room and then A runs past them, but Harold's stuff is all gone except the journal, which is empty. And there's a note inside of it that says, um, nothing to see here, ladies, keep moving, from A. So we can assume that A was dropping off that journal. They're all hanging out together the next day talking about, like, how they're having anxiety dreams and stuff and how the guy running against Spencer for academic decathlon is hurt. Um, 
But Mona approaches the girls and says that basically she saw Harold at the school and she's been stalking her and she told the principal about it and she thinks that he's the one that set the fire and is the reason um, Meredith got hurt. And none of the girls believe her and like, oh, it's very convenient. So that's where everything's up to. And then that's sort of the context for everything going forward. The first thing we see for Emily, though, um, they're leaving class and Paige needs to go straight home after everything that happened at Halloween, apparently. Her parents have been really strict and Emily's like, my parents want me to keep me, want to keep me safe too. And this is like, the, I don't know, I don't get it. Like, I feel like they're a lot more worried about the fact that there was an existing dead body on this train and, you know, someone got killed on the train. But they're not worried about the fact that their two daughters, like Emily's parents and Paige's parents, their daughters got kidnapped by a psycho and threatened to kill each other because of a psycho like a week before this. It's just not a factor for them. Yeah, that's old news now. Last week, Emily had to kill a person. This week, someone died near her, but she's fine though. Yeah. And also though, like in this scene, um, Paige is telling Emily like, oh yeah, like I get it where your parents are coming from. Look at the danger that we're in and what happened. And it's like when Paige, the ex-drowner, is the voice of reason, you know you've got problems. Yes. <laughs> I know. Why are we the same person, Emma? It- On my notes here, I have uh, Paige is the only one making sense and she tried to drown Emily is what I've got. Yeah, I believe you. I feel like we are the same person. So what we need to do from now on is to save time, each week just one of us does the episode and fills in the other two parts. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> We already laugh at our own jokes anyway. I know. <laughs> but anyway, um, Paige is talking about how her parents are worried for her and Emily's like, oh, yeah, my parents are also worried. Um, should we go to a party in the woods in the middle of the night, though? I know. I didn't, yes. know, I didn't know how they came to that conclusion. It'll help get your mind off of the time we were in the woods and almost died two weeks ago. And Paige is like, that's such a good idea, babe. Thanks. <laughs> so... Emily and Paige are going to this party and they're a couple of miles out of town and Paige is getting a bit nervous and she suddenly needs to pull over and she's hyperventilating. She's saying she um, can't do anything ever since Halloween. She can even barely go to school and that her parents aren't actually being strict on her. She said that because she's too scared to go out, but she didn't want to tell Emily because she likes strong women, you know? Absolutely ridiculous. Not only that, she's hyperventilating, gets out of the car, at night, in the woods. Like, yes! if you're scared, you don't do that. You just sit in your car and you lock your doors. Yes, and then it gets worse. Emily's like, oh, why don't we go for a walk? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. get some air. This is it, neither helping nor smart. So they go to their calming midnight walk in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And when they get back to their car, um, they notice that the car has a flat tyre. But not only is it flat, it's been slashed. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And after this, um, you know, relaxing walk in the middle of the night and, to, you know, calm Paige's nerves about being scared that something bad's going to happen to them when they're all alone, Emily leaves her all alone and chases a hooded figure through the forest. So luckily they lost him because <laughs> we saw that it was Toby. <laughs> when they get, finally get back to the car, Paige is like, why would you run after someone? Are you crazy? Like, why are you not scared of anything? And Emily's like, I'm still scared. I'm just more angry. And that's why I'm fine, basically. Um, but by the way, Paige, you should go to therapy. <laughs> I know. Like, that was a bit rich. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All um, comments I've ever made about Emily having no personality is gone because this whole episode, she's just cracking jokes left and right. Watching, the, watching the, this series, like, from scratch, not knowing what's going to happen, I think I've, like, ruined the series for myself. Like, I don't know how you guys felt the first time you watched it. Like, oh, my God, was it so good? Or, like, but I've, like, sort of ruined the series for myself, I think. I just keep finding plot holes. Name one plot hole. (laughs) (laughs) How about the biggest plot hole? Anytime you see Ali in, like, a yellow shirt, how long is that day? 78 hours? Like, how? Yeah, that day was one Girl is busy, okay? Girl is busy. Like, things just keep getting added on to her day of death. In my next interview, to demonstrate how much work I can do in a day, I'm going to tell them I'm basically Alison De Laurentiis. <laughs> on her last day of life. On her last day of life. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't get it, you don't want that job. I know, exactly. I'm as busy as Alison D in the yellow shirt. 
as busy as Ali D in the yellow tea. <laughs> ah, so good. Ali D in the yellow tea. Yeah. And then the next thing I have for Emily is um so she is in Toby's apartment. Remember he lives above the brew and he she had to go yeah. there for some reason because she opened early, but he's letting her hang at her house, so she has the keys now. Um, but we find out that her plan was to get Toby's keys because um, Spencer is planning like an anniversary surprise for him at the house. But like also in this scene, Emily doesn't really understand what the Lord of the Flies is about. <laughs> so um, yeah, know that. <laughs> she's like, I, I really like connected with this book because this is exactly like me and the girls. Like I felt like I was on an island with the girls, but we did it the other way. We were there for each other. The and right it's way. Like, yeah, the right way. <laughs> it's like. That is not the book at all, Emily. The book is about how they turned on each other. <laughs> the right way. They're all on an island together, but instead of turning on each other, they stuck together. You see, so the island is a similar. So, so that's not, that's the opposite of the Lord of the Flies. They're, she's the Lord of the Honeybees right now. <laughs> and um, immediately after she gets the keys, she doesn't wait for Toby to leave the house. She's no. like, hey, Spencer, by the way, got the keys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But he's still in the door frame. He hasn't even closed the front door yet. Everyone does that in this show. This comes up again, like, later on. Next thing I have for Emily is she's packed a really bougie lunch for her and Paige at school. Rosemary chicken and kale and kale salad. What did I do to deserve this? I don't know. Yeah. Think of all your sins. Who would want to eat that? <laughs> Who would want to eat kale salad? <laughs> and while she's there, Emily's like, by the way, did you think about going to therapy like we discussed? Yeah. And Paige is like, yeah, I'm going to see someone this afternoon. Thanks, babe. (laughs) And meanwhile, Hannah rocks up and says, I know you're having this romantic therapy lunch, but can I interrupt because everyone else is busy and I don't value your time. Also, she's like, um, interrupts in the most awkward way. She's like, oh, can I borrow Emily for girl talk? But like girl talk, not girl on girl talk. You can't just say, can I borrow Emily for a minute? Yeah. Hannah's always so awkward. But yeah, and the reason she's like, I need you to do me something and it has to be you because I have a job interview. Aria's like sick and Spencer's doing something romantic for Toby. So F your romance. I need you to do <laughs> something for me. I know you're also doing something romantic, but like, who cares? <laughs> exactly. So she asks um, Emily to follow Caleb around and we find out a bit more about what, why in Hannah's timeline, but I guess we can cover it off on here. Um, she thinks Caleb's going to be meeting someone to deal with Mona. And my other um, favorite part of this scene was when Hannah's giving tips to Emily on how to follow um, Caleb. So she's like, you know, just stay hidden. Oh, God, I know. Just stay hidden. And if he sees you, pretend like, you know, you were already there in the area, like lie. And um, Emily is like, <laughs> Emily's like, how do you know that? Like they haven't been doing this for three years. <laughs> I know. Or that it's like common sense. Like if someone yeah. is following someone, you don't want them to know they're following you. What do you do when they find you? You say, oh, I was also just here. What are you going to do? Ask them. They're going to ask you. It's going to be like, oh, I was following you. Whoops. <laughs> the show is called Pretty Little Liars, but they've never thought of lying. They're like, oh, you can lie. Yeah, Hannah gives some big complicated like reason of like when my dad, when mum was following my dad when he thought she, when she thought he was sleeping with Isabel and he was. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, we've been so doing good. this every day for the last three years, Emily. Keep up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But anyway, Emily starts following Caleb around and spying and whatnot. And she even does the sneaky, like, I'm going to hide behind this corner because I sense he's about to turn around. Yeah. I never got those because it's like, okay, you sense he's about to turn around. You see him starting to turn. You hide. How long do you wait before you either lose him or he sees you because you just walk into his face? <laughs> I know. There's gonna be. How some... can you guess how long they're gonna look? Yeah, there's gonna be some hard maths going on in the background there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, she follows Caleb all the way to a coffee shop where he's basically just sitting down and having coffee. And Emily's like, "Okay, I gotta go because Spencer texted me anyway. He just came to this coffee shop. Oh well." I know. Doesn't even bother to see who he's meeting or anything. Like, if she just walked two centimetres more, she would see that he was sat there with Paige. Yeah. And then it's Paige, like Sadie said, and they're worried about the girls. And Caleb says the dumbest thing ever. He's like, oh, Mona's following all the girls all the time, but she can't be following all of us all at once. Yeah. I'm like, have you also not been around for the last three years? Yes, she can. 
exactly. Remember when none of you were tricking no one in like last episode? Yeah. But maybe he'll use the school password to figure something out. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll hotspot it from his pocket. <laughs> yeah. And Paige is like, we're basically, I don't know what she says exactly, but her summary is Caleb's being kind of like, oh, we have to go down this track, figure out what she's doing. And Paige is like, we're going crump of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember her wording. I don't remember her wording either, but there was a lot more aggressive than that. So just what I remember. She doesn't say we're gonna crump this bitch, but he's like, she says something along those lines. It's really aggressive, and he's like, basically. Yeah. <laughs> True. I feel like whatever this character does, whatever Paige does, it cannot top the fact that she tried to kill her girlfriend. Yeah, well, she wasn't her girlfriend yeah. then, but yes, like, I feel like... She was, like, two episodes later when she kissed her. Yeah, I feel like they do these things that are, like, outrageous, and then they try and, like, redeem the character somehow, and you're like, no, that's not forgivable. Agreed. Yeah, that's all I have in Emily's storyline. Shall we move on to Hannah? So, building on from what Arzum was saying about sneaking into the janitor's chambers mm. <laughs> to um, get the journal back, when they were there and they saw the person in the black hoodie run out of the room hannah spotted the person's shoes but didn't say anything so hannah knows that it was lucas that was in the basement so she goes up to lucas and asks him about what was happening so he says that he was down there looking for something and um he's worried like the whole vibe of the situation is Lucas is really nervous and he's really worried about what Mona's going to do now that she's back because he thinks she was, you know, dangerous enough before. And it turns out that Lucas was the one who set the explosion, not Creepy Harold. And he did it because he was trying to stop Mona. He didn't know how else to stop her. The thing for this scene for me was how they're constantly doing these half-secret things. Like if anyone told anyone else the full story that they know, they would solve everything in like five minutes. But like, for example, yeah. Hannah doesn't tell the girls that she knows it was Lucas in the basement. That's one thing they don't know. Yeah, because Lucas keeps getting stuck in the middle of all this A stuff. Yeah. Everyone's always like, should we consider Lucas? And she's like, no, he's harmless. But literally he has caused harm. I know all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> Consistently. Like he tried to blow up Mona. <laughs> like <laughs> that's harmful. Um, yeah. To be fair, she is a crazy cow. Secrets that they're hiding is not worse than what Mona is trying to do to them. Like, so in this episode, Lucas is worried about, she knows about the test answers that he's got, which is like, okay, why does everyone in the school know that who's buying your test, but your best friend doesn't? That, that's one problem. The, yeah. se- the second problem is like, that's not as bad as Mona trying to kill people. Them being found at the grave site that they had nothing to do with is not as bad as Mona trying to kill people. Like, yeah. you know, put things into perspective, guys. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so Lucas in this scene keeps some more half-secrets about what Mona's done and what he's getting away with and what she, he's being blackmailed with. And to me, that, like, half-secret theme really showed up. Like, if anyone told anyone the truth, they wouldn't be in this mess. And something I also want to point out is this is the second time Lucas has been identified via his shoes. That's my next I know, like, stop wearing the same shoes. <laughs> I've got here, Lucas' shoes gave him away. Lucas and Toby are working together to infiltrate AT. That was a little side note of mine. Ah, oh, too funny. I didn't say, I didn't specify it was the second time, but I did say his shoes gave him away. Yeah. Bloody Lucas. Yeah, so yeah, I, had a, I had a little brain fart then, and I was like, maybe Lucas and Toby are working together to infiltrate the AT. Sadly and sorely, I was mistaken. Yeah, so we find out yeah. in the next scene that we've, I've got for Hannah, actually, that he was um, selling test answers um, around the school and Mona know, knows about it and was blackmailing him. Since the masquerade ball, apparently, she started blackmailing him. But so what was his issue before the masquerade ball at the, like, at the boathouse? The issue was when he stole all of Caleb's money so this is the thing, right? Lucas has broken a grave, like a memorial, sorry, yeah. for Allison. He's tried to burn someone alive. He's stolen money from people. And uh, uh, Hannah's still like, he's harmless. He's almost dodgier than Moda. <laughs> yeah, almost. We know how someone tried to run over 
um, Lucas in the last episode and we saw that it was Toby. He thinks it was Mona. Yeah. So he thinks Mona's going for him. So basically the last thing I wanted to say about this scene, I think we've like talked about it enough. Lucas and Hannah have absolutely no guilt over the fact that Harold is being blamed for the burning of that thing and Meredith getting hurt when he actually didn't yeah. have anything to do with it. It's his problem. He shouldn't be creepy. Where's all their like, oh yeah, I'm going to do what's right and now that... His character credit should be Creepy Harold. It's his fault. Yeah, but you can't just go to prison because you're creepy. Like, almost anything we know about him isn't credible anyway because we've heard about the fact that he was obsessed with Mona and stuff from Mona. Yeah, exactly. Do we trust Mona? Probably not. No. So, like, for all we know, this guy did absolutely nothing and helped Mona and now he's being blamed for everything. Justice for Creepy Harold. The next thing I have for Hannah then is her job interview. Do you want to talk about that, Sadie? Her creepy job interview? Yes. We can assume anything in this show is creepy. Yes, creepy job interview. (laughs) So to set the scene, Hannah asks her boyfriend, who's been wearing the same sweater since he was 12, which one is more trendy for her job interview? Yeah. Why are we coming on Caleb so hard? Like, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they pick a dress and she goes about her business about going to the job interview. Um, she gets there and the whole, like, the door is open. She gets in there and it's just a bunch of, like, mannequins. And then, bam, she's hit in the face with a bunch of mannequins. Um, then we see, like, a hooded figure running away. Mm-hmm. And as a hooded figure is running away, they drop a key. And on the key is a little keychain that says A. When she goes to her job interview and she's looking in the reflection... Did you guys see that she saw... Yes, um, I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, she saw like a red cloaked figure, like a red uh, red coated figure With in the back. With blonde hair. Mm. So she turned around and when she turned around, like the person was gone. Yeah. But like after seeing that, why would you even go in there? What I mean, the person was behind her. I know, like after you see that, wouldn't you be suspicious by this time? Why? What do you think that is? You saw a person behind you and so you're suspicious. But it's a red coat. Yeah. It's the same coat that Vivian Darkbloom was wearing. Yeah. Okay, but by your logic, no one who's ever seen me should enter any establishment. I also have a red coat. Alright, cool. So what happens when she meets the girls? So she meets the girls and they're talking about how she got the job interview and Hannah said that she did it online. Um, months ago, so that we're seeing that um, A's reach is now getting bigger and bigger. But we also find out that the shop that she was going to be um, interviewing with actually moved locations months ago. My question is, if your store moved a month ago, why didn't you take your mannequins? Also, why didn't you take your sign down because the sign was still up there? Also, like, I know that they dropped the key and stuff here, but what was A's game plan? What was the point of all this? Like, I feel like that was a waste of such a long setup time just to scare Hannah once. Yeah. Now, with this, I can't remember which episode it was in, but there's a scene where Mona and Toby are having a conversation. He keeps telling her it's too soon. Is this what he was talking about? No, because that was meant to happen um, the next day. Yeah, it's the night that he gets caught with the key. That's the night that it was meant to be, the thing that they were planning. Also, the girls decide that once they get a hold of Arya, they're going to go to the police um, because it's getting dangerous now. Yeah. Yeah, now, but not when people are dying left, right and centre. They're going on about how, oh, this couldn't have been Mona because I never told Mona and I applied online. But, like, as if Mona wasn't tracking your phones and everything like that a gazillion years beforehand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like all the other stuff Mona knew. It was because they told her. They're crazy. I don't know how they've made it this long. (laughs) Yeah. And that's all I have for Hannah. Spencer Tam? Spencer. Spencer. All right, so Spencer goes to her um, academic decathlon. We found out that um, Brad Langfield was the guy who got into the bike accident that we saw at the end of the last episode. So Spencer was going to be running for team captain of the decathlon people, academic decathlons. She was going to be running against Brad, but now that he's been injured, she's running unopposed. So she goes to her meeting and who should appear but our Mona? So like... It, it really is Mona Mania. And Mona has decided that she's joining the decathlon because she has a note from her doctor saying that she needs to join school activities. Who is 
this person's doctor. Like, Well, we know that the only doctor in Rosewood is Ren, so it must be him. It must be. Also, I have a feeling that these doctor's notes are Mona signed. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but also, like, nobody questions this. Like, nobody's like, at least the school should step in there and be like, um, Mona, maybe you should pick a, an activity without a girl that you stalked in it <laughs> nobody has any problems with this they're like yeah cool whatever she's got doctor's note when i was watching this the only thing i could think about right is that why the girl's parents didn't actually put up a fight and say we don't want mona in this school i know none of it makes sense anyway when mona comes in and she hands in her like documents that she's joining and stuff she's like oh so there's this one other one and that one other one turns out to be that mona is now running for team captain too so yeah spencer's like what the hell mona and mona's like i'm just you know tired of playing dumb i've been acting dumb and now i'm gonna show people who i really am and um they take a vote about who should be the captain and it's split and mona's like i had some time to campaign but like my question is either she's blackmailing these people too or they really hate Spencer because, like, why else would you pick Mona knowing her history? Well, my issue with this is do they know her history? Are they that nerdy that they don't know what's been going on? Because Andrew makes a comment about when he says, you know, Mona's joining. Yeah. Um, Spencer tenses up and he's like, oh, so you two have history. And she's like, you can say that. And I'm like, Andrew, have you been living under a rock? Also, Andrew's hot. Yes, he is. Yeah, I agree. He, also, he looks better after this episode. He's got the craziest hair in this episode. Well, I also <laughs> wanted to say, why is he wearing a shirt and tie to school? <laughs> I know. Anyway. He gave, yeah. off, he gave off very strong Harry Potter Gryffindor vibes. He really did. He did. He really did. Now that we've all agreed to that, he has been living under a rock. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize he said, oh, do you have history? I thought he kind of remembered, oh, yeah, your history. He genuinely didn't know. But like, honestly, if this was my school and somebody went to an insane asylum because they'd been stalking four other people, like <laughs> everyone would know about it. I know. I wouldn't make sure of it. <laughs> We're talking about the guy who says, put your hasting face on and spank her tomorrow night's quiz off. <laughs> like, that, that's the type of person we're talking about here. I, like, I think this is the first time we've actually seen this character, but my God, is he a nerd. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen him, but there's so much familiarity between him and Spencer because he's like, put on your hasting face and spank her. Like, that's not something I say to someone I barely know. <laughs> I didn't even say that to you guys. Well, I've known you my whole life. To be fair, we just met him, but Spe- it looks like Spencer's been in this group with him for a while. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Whatever Spencer knows, we should know. Yeah, I know, right? My favourite part about this was it's a quiz off. Well, yeah, there's a quiz off next. No, the fact that they've called it a quiz off, like one of those um, like bureaucracy things. No, it's like um, Zoolander. It's a walk-off. That was a great David Bowie impersonation. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, so Spencer gets an A message after this all happens and she's, like, mm-hmm. mad at Mona and everything and um, the A message says, quit while you're ahead, bitch. The next, I don't know, scene, I was going to say the next day, but it's not the next day, some other time they're sitting in the quad and Mona comes over um, to talk to them and Spencer yeah. makes a comment like, Oh, I got your message. Like, as in she knows that Mona is still aing around. Mm. And Mona claims she's not allowed to have a phone. So, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She apparently did that video with help from um, Jason. Jason. Yeah. And the school vice principal said she could use the computer library for limited time or something like that. I like how the school's like, you can only use this for homework under supervision and also guilting people into welcoming you back. (laughs) I know. Just for homework and social media. And that's all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like how after, like, this happens, the girls say something about, like, you know, we don't trust you, Mona. We know you were sneaking out of Radley. Why should we trust you? And Mona just freezes and kind of, like, freaks out a bit. And she's like, I'm sad now. I'm going to go eat lunch one meter away from you in your face. I know. You can still see her. She's like, I'm so sad now. And I'm obviously very shaken because I'm drinking water very hastily. Yeah, but that comes back when we do the um, quiz off. Like, the next thing before we do the quiz off, though, it's the night of the quiz off. And Spencer's getting ready at her house to go to the quiz off. And Toby's there. And um, he says he can't make it because he's having dinner with his boss. But he gets a call and he seems real sus about it. 
them. And then the quiz off starts. And we see, like, first of all, Spencer, Spencer starts off strong. The first two points go to Spencer. And then we get, like, this collage of just smart answers. <laughs> Right. Yeah. They're like, the, I love it. The Rosetta Stone. Oh, the three noble gases. Oh, you know, whatever. Any smart thing you can say, they said in this round. I could, and then I can be like, blah, 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 and saying the exact right answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, also, can I just say that when the rules of this quiz off were explained, it confused me because I said it was going to go for 10 rounds. I did not think it meant like 10 actual rounds i thought it meant like 10 questions um when toby and spencer were studying together he makes a joke about it being like a boxing game and he's like are you gonna knock her out blah blah blah. and he's like doing little fisty things whatever yeah like has his fists up and punching i don't know what you want to call it yeah sparring sparring yeah Yeah, i've done this once or twice so i know oh yeah you've done this (laughs) once or twice (laughs) so um mini versus the story me and Suna went to a boxing class together and she didn't completely suck like I did. <laughs> like she wasn't doing terribly. And the teacher came up to her and asked her if she'd done this before. And she's like, oh, you know, just once or twice. <laughs> like she sounded like really braggy. But I didn't mean to. I literally meant to tell her, yeah, I've done it just once or twice. <laughs> like I'm new. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, once or twice. Imagine it was like a little shoulder shrug as well because that's the vibe she was giving off. <laughs> I came off so arrogant. I did not mean to. I literally just did it once or twice. That happens with Suna all the time. When we were kids, like little kids, someone said to her, you've got really nice hair. And she says, I know. Well, I did know. What am I going to do? Pretend to be humble? I did know. What am I going to do? Pretend to be ugly? Exactly. Anyway, they're sparring. But then the series of... um, smart answer sequences that we see has like the little bell dinging like a little boxing game as well boxing match yeah um and did you guys notice they're literally wearing red and blue like a red and blue corner oh are they? oh i didn't see that <laughs> and in the red corner we have mona vanderbilt and in the blue corner we have Sp- spencer they were literally wearing red and blue yeah but red and blue are also like power colors like you guys watch like any politician they'll be wearing either a blue tie or a red tie that's it they're the yeah, only colors they true. wear what are they going to do? Wear yellow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I, a weakling? So people can think they're a canary. So they can think they're Allison? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Towards the end of this quiz off, after they say all the smart things and they run out of smart things to say, they get to the last question. If the last question is answered correctly, Spencer wins. And the question is the same as what she was rehearsing with Toby in the kitchen. And she knows this. You missed the part where... Um, Mona does that thing where she takes hasty sips of water because she's losing and Andrew's like, we should take a break. And Spencer's like, now nah, let's keep going yeah. because she can see Spence, um, Mona's like, saw her stuffed underbelly. Yeah. And she just attacked and it kind of turns out to bite her in the ass. Yeah. So, yeah. So she gets a bit cocky and she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this in alphabetical order. Um, but there's one problem I have with this, which is that it looks like, it didn't, um, re- the question didn't require her to actually say it in alphabetical order. You just had to say no, it. No, it didn't. But like yep, Mona's yeah. giving her the answers she missed. Like you're just completing her answer because she didn't have to say them in order. <laughs> Let her get loose. Yeah, but that was a power play on Mona's part anyway. Yeah. To frazzle her enough so she couldn't finish it. Well, it was a power play on Spencer's part because she's like, oh, I got this so much. I'm going to do it in alphabetical order even though it's not necessary. Yeah. Anyway, Mona finishes... Um, the questions easily, right? And then Andrew's like, oh, um, if you want the point, I'm going to need you to say all of it from the beginning. And Mona delivers the best line of this episode, which is, by population or gross domestic product. But also, who's going to check their GDP as she's looking it up? So, <laughs> Well, she doesn't need to actually get it in that order. She's just showing I off. know. So after Spencer loses, she texts Hannah. And Hannah comes rushing over. Yeah. And... They're about to leave, but not before Hannah has something to say. She goes to Mona and she squares her shoulders and she gives her a good what for. She basically said that um, she doesn't want to be her friend. She doesn't even want to know her anymore. You know, I looked after you for months. I came and visited you when I didn't have to. You know, you made me feel guilty for what you did to me. I think like this is where Hannah's starting to become a lot more protective and a lot more stronger anyway so spencer thinks that um this 
showing her weak spot thing was like a Mona strategy. She thinks Mona did it on purpose. She did it twice in this episode. Mm. So anyway, tonight's their anniversary. That's the next thing I have for Spencer yes. with Toby. Same. Um, so we know that Emily's got the keys to his place for her already. But she tells Toby that yeah. she can't see him tonight because they're honouring her dad at some event and um, she needs to go there. And Veronica is here to help with the lie. So she comes in and she's like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 your dad's dinner. Um, he wants us all there because misery loves company, which wink, wink is the name of the episode. <laughs> and, <laughs> wink, um, wink. Yeah. And so Toby is sufficiently fooled that um, Spencer's got something else on tonight and uh, she won't be able to see him. And then the next scene we have is Spencer is at Toby's. and She's like prepping for their romantic dinner that night at his house. And yeah. she opens up a drawer to get a pen to write on um, the card. What we see, yeah. and which Spencer doesn't see in this scene, is that in the drawer there is a fake ID of um, a Radley employee. It's got Toby's name, a face on it with the name E. Lamb um, written there. But Spencer doesn't see this in this scene. And when she's setting up the romantic dinner thing she's making the lasagna recipe she got from her mum it's the same recipe that veronica used to cook for peter on their first anniversary mm-hmm. and spencer's also recreated the scrabble board from the night that they kissed and toby made one hilarious joke in his life yeah oh is that what that was i didn't pick up on that i was like it's why she got that massive board. scrabble board there so in the next scene we see um spencer's at her house and Toby brings her flowers um, for their anniversary because he's not going to be able to see her tonight. And um, kind of as he's hanging out there, he notices that the key that they found in the um, what the key that A dropped in the mannequin room with Hannah is sitting on the table. And he finds it and he asks um, Spencer about it. And Spencer lies. And she says that, oh, yeah, it's for Melissa's storage unit that she's got in Philly. It's not what you think. Yeah. Spencer calls Toby and just, like, check in, I guess, because I think she wanted to make sure that he was still on track for the dinner she was planning and says that he might be home before the storm hits and be home, you know, nice and early. And she said to give her a call and to be careful. We later realise they're both confirming each other's plans. Yeah. Um, And then um, we see A breaking into Spencer's home. Um, someone in a hooded mm-hmm. figure and they go straight to where Spencer put the key where she was talking to Toby. Spencer shows up from behind them and we see that it's Toby's face and yep. she says is this what you were looking for and she's holding up the key and so in this moment like Toby's busted but my first question yeah. is if you're breaking into your girlfriend's house a house that you're regularly regularly in and never need an invitation to why would you dress up as A to go there? Just dress up as yourself. And if someone sees you, make up an excuse. I was trying – just bring a teddy bear with you. Be like, I was out early and – Going to sneak this in. Yeah, going to sneak this in. Like, make up an excuse, you loser. Anyway. No, have to be as, like, <laughs> sus as humanly possible. So Because it's the rule. If you're doing an A thing, you have to wear the hoodie, right? Yeah. So he does the A thing and he wears the A hoodie and he gets busted. So before they can talk it out or anything, Veronica walks in and he disappears. Um, oh, no, but she did tell him how she figured it out. She found the Eddie Lamb pass. Yeah. And um, so um, Veronica walks in and he disappears and she literally cries to her mom. Um, I like to say, though, when he turns around, he, like, very creepily stares at her, slowly walks up and is just like, Spencer? And she slaps him. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, I know. And then the last um, scene I have for Spencer is when she goes to his apartment. Yes, it's very heartbreaking. So, but um, the thing is, though, she doesn't even open the door or anything. Like, So she goes to his apartment. She knows someone's in there. She's knocked and nobody's answered. So she kind of uses her key to open the door and, like, scream into the apartment. And she's like... Oh, I think it's because she can't get in. So I think it has one of those chain locks. Oh, it was a chain lock. It only okay. opens that makes, a certain amount. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Like, if that was me, I would lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would be going in there and breaking shit. Yeah. What what they did to Byron's office, I would do to Toby's face. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so she's, like, crying at the door. Tell me what I saw tonight wasn't real, etc. 
Um, yeah, tell me there's more I don't know. Yeah. Begging, basically. Yeah. And then what we see um, is that it's actually Mona inside the apartment and she's just aying around and she's enjoying the yeah. glass of wine that um, was on the and table lasagna. and lasagna. She served herself a piece. Yeah. Plot twist. Poor Spencer. Poor Spencer. We're up to Aria. So Aria's watching this weird old movie. But this, okay, so this episode, this is actually the first scene of this episode, but we're talking about it now because yeah. we're like going through the characters chronologically. And so the first thing you saw on the first episode was a black and white movie. And I was like, I bet you this is Aria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, Byron comes up to her while she's watching this weird old movie. And he's like, sorry for accusing you, Aria. But Aria's still mad. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen this movie. He keeps a severed head in a hat box. And now she's like concerned that he's seen a horror movie that she put on <laughs> that they have in their house. I know. She's like, creepy. Who would watch a movie like this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's like suddenly so sus of her dad who probably showed her and introduced her to these movies. Yeah. But also he's like, oh, yeah, so um, when he apologised, sorry for accusing you, he was like, oh, they think they found who was involved. And, like, yeah. she doesn't immediately be like, oh, my God, what, who was it? Yeah. She's like, yeah, okay. Like, how do you not ask that question? <laughs> I know. And the next thing we see is Arya is being a good daughter for once in her life and mm-hmm. she's picked up newspapers for her mum. Yeah. And she's talking to Ella about the night Ali disappeared. Mm-hmm. Basically, Ella is giving her run of events conveniently for us because we're assuming Arya already knew this. Yeah. Um, but Ella and Byron went to a barbecue the night of Ali's disappearance and they had slept in the next day, which is why they um, missed her calls early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because they left, early, even though they left early, they drank a bit too much wine on the porch and slept through the night and... You know how Ella gets, she can sleep through anything when she has red wine. Yeah. So she slept through the storm and Arya takes this as, um, you know, Ella could have potentially slept through Byron leaving the house as well. Which we find out is exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. And also that um, Meredith is just watching by the door, listening to this conversation that they're having. This is the only time there's ever been a consequence to having a loud conversation next to an open door. Yeah. <laughs> And it will be the last. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then I've got um, that Meredith approaches Ella and she says, yes. you know. She won't be pursuing anything um, yeah. anymore against Aria. And she's like, yeah, because the other per- they suspect someone else. Yeah. And Ella's like, you know what? It's all good. I've moved on. Byron's moved on. I'm sure we can keep things professional. I was going to say, Ella is a stronger woman than I could ever be because I would just be like, just stay out of my way, you husband-stealing bitch. Bye. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> I hate that, you. That would be me. You I literally work. hate you and your blonde hair. I know. Same. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> That's me. I know. Also, you, your breath smells like fish. <laughs> Just for good measure. And then the um, next thing that I have for Aria is um, we get introduced to Aria's very secure boot storage system. So, yeah. <laughs> so the diary pages that they stole, apparently Aria shoved in one of her boots. It was the right boot. Her left boot. <laughs> oh, was it the left boot? I was going to say. It was the left boot, not the right the boot. Left boot. And she knows this so much that she's not willing to check the other boot when she doesn't find no. it. Um, no, Hannah, it was the left boot. Yeah, so it was, who was in the room with her? It was Hannah and Aria and it was Emily. Emily. Yeah, so they're digging through literally all of her boots. <laughs> To try and find these pages. <laughs> and my God, does she have so many pairs of boots? She's got so many boots. Um, and then Byron comes in and he's like, oh, you know, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, just trying to find the match for this boot. And then he makes it clear that he knows all about her boot storage. So apparently yeah. um, Aria used to hide her candy in her snow boots or something. So he knows all about mm-hmm. it. And while he's saying this, like, the music is like super ominous and everything. Yeah. And he leaves and she's like, he knows. And it's like, what? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also like, <laughs> if you stole something from someone's super secure boot storage system, why would you tell them about it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> why would you just not say nothing? Also, why would you let your child put her food in a shoe? <laughs> I know. Anyway, the next thing that happens is Aria's in her room and she overhears 
Meredith and Byron having like a big fight and Meredith is yelling like what were you doing in her room like whatever and Byron's like this is my house and my daughter and blah 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 how dare you question me how dare you question me and then like Byron holds onto Meredith like a little too tight they're having a bit of a domestic um on her outrist as I wrote down on her what outrist yeah outrist yeah (laughs) and like so the show is doing their all to like vilify him right now right but also like to me it makes no sense that Meredith is having this big of a reaction to seeing Byron sneak around Arya's room like yeah maybe yeah he like she saw it and she wasn't on board with it but like do you have to have a domestic about it (laughs) like and also another time yeah like, they're having another huge fucking blowout outside of Arya's door. Like, no one else can have a fight anywhere else in this no, house. this house is only Arya's room and Arya's door. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All the places you and can be. At what point did she catch him in the room, Arya get home, go study, and then they start fighting after the fact and end up near her room? Exactly. Like, I don't understand how this is all unfolded. Remember last week when you were in her room? <laughs> I know. Anyway, so Arya follows Meredith. So Meredith takes off and she goes to like the coffee shop as you do. And um, yeah. Arya follows Meredith. And first of all, what is she wearing? She's got like I don't the know. weirdest like top <laughs> with a jacket on top, which is very tiny, but has a button. It was just yeah. the weirdest thing. Anyway, so she follows Meredith and she asks about her dad and what happened. And Meredith says that um, he was rifling through Aria's papers so he was in her room yesterday and he was rifling through her papers and it wasn't the first time apparently that this has happened and just yesterday he was rifling through Meredith's bag thinking it was Aria's and I'm like okay this guy's an idiot why would that be Aria's bag when it's clearly your girlfriend it's nice yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah exactly so Meredith of course, is so outraged that Byron would go through Arya's stuff that when he leaves to take Mike somewhere, she goes through his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, where is the logic? So anyway, while he's out, she rifles. But also, mm-hmm. quickly, how quickly did they become a thing and so comfortable that he's just leaving her alone in the house with his family after everyone knows that he cheated on his wife and ruined the family yeah. with her? I agree. And the kids are just on board with it. Like, I remember Mike and Arya getting mad, being like, "You can't, we can't even visit you in another house, Ella, because even though you want your space from the man who cheated on you, because it'd be like, we support this. Yeah. But also we're fine with dad's new girlfriend being here all the time when you're not here or he's not here. Exactly. Anyway, so she's like rifling through his dresser and apparently she found the diary pages in She read them. And she read them, so she knows what it's all about, um, about his um, things with Ali. So she gives the pages back to Arya, which is relevant. (laughs) She says that she knows all about that night. So apparently Byron left after Ella fell asleep, went to see Meredith because he was, um, you know, kind of worried about Ali. Yeah, because he thought that Meredith had something to do with it. Yeah, he thought Meredith was kind of enabling Ali. He confirmed that he was leaving there to go meet her. And then the next day, um, Ali went missing. So, like, and Meredith looks, like, real sad and, like, depressed and, like, haunted by this fact. Worried. She's telling about it. If this yeah. is true, first of all, A, why would you not tell somebody about it earlier? B, yeah, why would you? because he knew about this, like, two years ago. Yeah, why would you get back with him if you think he's a potential murderer? That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, literally the first thing you said if you knew about this this whole time, that diary is not news to you. Everything that you read in there is you've just, you know, um, fact-checked for Arya. Yeah. Why are you acting sa- sad and shocked about it? I assume you have spoken to Byron. He's like, yeah, I told her to go F herself basically mm. by. So why would that story be any different? Unless Ali wrote in her diary and then he killed me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I was dead. <laughs> R.I.P. Like... Yeah, then you have no other new information. So I don't understand what the problem is. Byron comes back and he like apologizes to Meredith and everything. And he goes off because he's got to go away for a few days. Um, so he's out of the house and um, Ella's living elsewhere. So Arya's at home. But as we know, she's oh, yeah. um, starting to get sick. So she was like saying that she's starting to feel queasy and stuff. 
Meredith yeah. and her start to become BFFs and Meredith's like, oh, you know what always helps me when I'm sick? This is my special brew. Here, have a drink of it. Um, it'll make you feel better. But, like, also it has a tea bag in there. So you're like, what special brew are you making, Meredith? <laughs> like, exactly. <a> tea bag. <laughs> um, <laughs> she maybe added some honey. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we figure out she um, adds stuff to it, right? But it's like... Just sorry, quickly, something else I want to know before we get too far off. Mm-hmm. So Ella has her own place and the reason Aria, while she's sick, can't go stay at Ella's is because Mike is staying there. And they just had no budget for Emily, any family members this episode. Yeah. But also the other thing is, so we'll... Like, this is skipping ahead a bit, but she also says that... Um, she promised Meredith that she wasn't going to be telling her mum about the thing with Byron and Allie. And so she can't go to her mum's because it's easier to keep the secret from her if she's not there. But, like, Aria, this is not the first lie As you've if. told. Like, why do you suddenly act like you've never told a lie before? Aria Lincoln over here can't see her mum so she doesn't have to lie. But also, why is Aria just sip, sip, sipping this tea all hours of the day as if it's not ice fucking cold? I know. <laughs> also, how was she sleeping with a full teapot next to her foot? I know. Meredith, while Aria's sleeping, while she's sick, is going through the house presumably looking for those papers. We just see her going through things and we assume it's the papers mm. because she's brought them up a couple of times. She keeps saying, so this, the papers are hidden, hey. The papers yeah. are hidden somewhere safe, right? Yeah. So the papers, though. What did she do with those papers, by the way? You didn't mention. Which is like, if she wanted those papers, why didn't you just keep it? Why did you give it to Aria? Yeah, why, did you why would she hand it back to her? But also, why is Meredith only able to go through the rooms that Arya is sleeping in? Arya <laughs> sleeping in the living room? Better look through the box behind her head. Arya sleeping in her room? Better look through her dresser. The next thing is that Arya wants to speak to her mum, but can't find her phone. So she tells Meredith to go find Ella and say, please come, like, take me to a doctor. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Meredith goes and finds Ella and she says... Oh, don't worry. I just checked on Aria, by the way, um, and she's doing a lot better. Yeah. Okay. Um, what a psycho. If the turn of events didn't happen the way they did, right, then she would have been left with a mother and daughter who are going to say to each other, why didn't you come to me when I was sick? Mm. And then the mother said to the daughter, yeah, but she told me you were fine. Yeah, but like yeah. Meredith was ready to burn this whole thing to the ground. There was a lot of things. Yeah. I know. <laughs> there was a lot of things she shouldn't have done that she did. She turned it up to 11. Yeah. Like, she is she is a, a, the epitome of Barney Stinson's crazy hot scale. Yeah. Exactly. Like, she just did so many things that you're like, uh, Meredith, there's no coming back from this. <laughs> like, like, why? Yeah. She didn't want her to take the papers to the police because she now loves Byron. Then why did you tell Arya anything? I yeah. Know. Why would you fight with him? Because he went through her room. You would have been like, good thing you did that because now she can't take it to the police. And then maybe, Sadie, you want to talk about this scene, but in her, like, sleepy uh, kind of thing, Aria sees Allie. Yeah, so in her drugged-up state, we see a nice pair of trousers and a nice pair of shoes walking into the room, and I honestly thought it was Meredith. Yeah. Right? And as this little um, nicely dressed figure is walking around, they go straight to Aria's closet, pick up the doll that was Ali's doll, and take out the papers. And as they're about to leave, Aria's like, hey, stop, and looks up and it's Ali. So Ali comes and sits on the bed and they have a chat. I was, like, freaking out because if this girl is having a drugged-up hallucination, right, how is she getting the answers that she wants? And if it isn't, then who the hell is she talking to? What answers was she getting? No, because like... Yeah, I deliberately wrote down that she was very vague and answered Yeah, nothing. she was vague and answered Really? Nothing. Yeah. Um, what I got from like the entire conversation was, you'll see A everywhere you turn. I'm surprised Spencer hasn't figured it out. Yeah, exactly. So to me, if Allie knows, why wouldn't she just tell her then and there? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, then, well, then if she wasn't talking to Allie, then who was she talking to? Because that doll freaking moved. Maybe she moved in her own drug-induced state. Yeah. Also, something else that she's like, oh, did my dad kill you and stuff like that. Um, and she's like, do I look dead to you? And then it's also like, um, why would you do that to my family? And she's like, I was desperate for money. The only thing that maybe 
was like new news to Aria was that the tea was drugged. She was like, watch out for that tea. But maybe it's like Aria figuring it out in her subconscious. But also like, must have been some good bloody tea. She's drank nothing else for like four days. Well, we know that it had the clonazepam in it. But must have tasted good too, whatever home brew it was, whichever tea bag she used. So then um, Aria wakes up and she goes to open her door and her door is locked. Meanwhile, the girls have been trying to call Aria, but they're not getting through obviously because Meredith has Aria's phone. Yep. Mm. And so Emily and Hannah are walking past a chemist which has the world's loudest chemist in the world in it. Because from outside, <laughs> through a closed door, they can hear him yelling about her personal prescriptions. <laughs> Listen, lady. Like, Ma'am, I can't give you any more diazepam or whatever it was. Clonazepam. 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 Something a Pam. Something a Pam. I can't give you any more spam. No more spam okay but this is basically what he says it's like basically this is a sleeping drug so i don't can give you any more feel free to buy all the cold and flu tablets as you please and then aria wakes up in her room and she can't get out anywhere like you said before um and she's panicking she's been trying to get out she's trying to get out with like a clothes hanger that she's trying to break into um like spencer taught them but last episode she pointed out to us it has to be a like a bobby pin but she wasn't listening yeah she wasn't listening but then aria like um breaks her mirror and she creates a weapon from a shard of glass that she found and the nicest lace doily she can find yeah and then she must have just and then i reckon she just had more tea <laughs> <laughs> Because she went straight back to sleep. I know. <laughs> and when Meredith came in and found her, she was sleeping. And Meredith also found her weapon too. And um, she took it. And so she makes it clear then that, yes, she is looking for the pages. And she doesn't want them to go to the police. And it's like, well, why did you give them to her in the first place, you absolute Psycho. dunce? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, a thunder distracts Meredith. So it thunders and she's like, oh, got to go look at the window now. And um, yeah. Aria runs and she runs downstairs and she manages to get the phone, but the phone is out. And um, and this is what I mean. Like, Meredith just does shit that you just cannot take back. She knocks Aria out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> With, like, whatever was handy and shoves her in the basement. <laughs> why didn't she just yep. leave the house? If the phone's not working, why not just turn and run for the door? Because she turned and Meredith punched her yeah. in the face. <laughs> I'm guessing that was her next move, but yeah, she got caught. But also, I wouldn't even stop for the phone. I would run out and go to a neighbor's house. Yeah, you would, right? Yeah. What are you going to do? Okay, like, hold on, Meredith. Let me call 911. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Yeah, I'm on the phone, okay? <laughs> yeah, so, like, whatever Meredith is doing, surely she knows that this is not a good plan. Because, like, her dad's going to come home and be like, why did you knock my daughter out and put her in the face? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Byron's a pretty crappy parent. (laughs) That's true. And then Emily and Hannah go to check on Aria because she hasn't been answering their calls and they figure she must be home. And they get in and they go to Aria's room. So she's not around anywhere. She's not in her room. And they see Meredith and they're like, oh, I'm going to call Aria. (laughs) They see Aria's phone ringing in Meredith's hand. And Meredith is, like, as creepy as possible, being like, she's in the basement. She went to look for lights. You should go check on her. And they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and not only are they okay with this, but these dumbasses walk in first. Go together. They go together and they walk in first, leaving Meredith behind them. So, obviously, Meredith shuts them in and now all three of them are stuck in the basement. <laughs> And they find yeah. that um, Arya's knocked out on the floor. So they're like, you know, they wake her up. They She comes up and they start, like, talking to her and stuff. But, like, okay, fine. Arya doesn't have a phone. Why don't Hannah or Emily call for help? Um, she also had to borrow their phones on the way down to the basement. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a deleted scene. Oh, guys, by the way, can I borrow all your phones? <laughs> Oh, guys, I don't know if you know this, but the Montgomery's have this really weird rule. No phones in the basement, okay? Yeah. That's why I have Arya's phone, see? And then um, Byron gets home 
And they're like, not sure if this is a good thing or not, because they don't know where he's at. They don't know if he's a murderer. They don't know if he's like on Meredith's side. Like they don't know anything. They don't know if he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know if he's gonna die. Yet. <laughs> Yeah, when he comes in, Meredith's just sitting creepily by the fire and she's like, Arya knows everything and she has proof and her friends know. Then <laughs> just cuts to him in the basement. It just cuts to him in the basement. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe he knocked Meredith out. I don't know. <laughs> but he comes to the basement and the girls are like clearly scared of him, right? They've got like weapons and stuff. They're like waiting on edge and he's like, oh, you don't have to be worried about me. Like I never hurt. Ali, and then he has a um and they're like oh yeah good enough for me yeah and they're like oh, okay cool but then he has a flashback to um the day that he last saw Ali, and apparently what had happened in this his flashback was she he met her and he said i mean if this is what you're gonna do anyway don't meet a teenager in the dark like just wait and tell them the next day but anyway text them they're yeah. on their phone all the time text anyway them. yeah but anyway he says no he doesn't care what she's going to do. Like, he warns her, this is going to hurt Arya, you know, so just, like, don't do it. But, by the way, I've got integrity, so I'm not going to be blackmailed by you anymore. I'm going to tell my wife. I don't care. And he walks away. As he's walking away, though, he sees Melissa, and she's outside her house, and she's on the phone to someone. And she's, like, saying, what do I have to do? Call 911 to get your attention. And that's all we see mm. of Melissa. And he says that he was going to tell um, Ella about everything, but then Ali went missing. So luckily he didn't have to. So luckily he didn't have to, saved by the dead girl. But he's like, oh, but the reason I didn't is because you two were already going through so much. The last bit I have for Aria, and then I've Meredith disappears. After she got knocked out, presumably. Um, yeah, presumably. We don't know what happened. She's gone. Like, so they're having a chat um, with Aria about Ali. And he's like, why didn't you come talk to me? Which was a good question. Like, why didn't you go talk to him? And have this be done like yeah. three seasons ago. And he says he didn't tell them about the about the alley thing because there was no suspects and he knew how it would look. But it's really important to him now that um like Arya trusts him. And if it's gonna make him feel better, she's gonna he's gonna go to the cops and tell them everything. Um and then they'll do their investigation and prove that nothing happened and then like everything will be their minds will be at ease, right? Um, but Arya decides no she trusts him after all and she burns those pages but like it's not just your call Arya yeah I know it is now and also just because your dad grabs his jacket doesn't mean you should trust him now that's the end of um, what I've got for Arya for these episodes but I think what we need to talk about now is the Toby-Mona relationship going on Toby oh my god where do I even start I don't even know at first I thought he was like maybe infiltrating the A team, mm. so that he could help Spencer. But then he had that scene with Mona, and they're in Mona's trophy room, and they're sort of um discussing what's going to happen and whatever. And you can see that when Mona asks him, like, is she still lying to you? And he's like, yes. Like, it's it's hurting him. Like, he wants her to tell him about A, but why? Mm. If he is an A. To see how much she knows. I don't believe that. I still think that he's somehow good in some weird, twisted way. Also, he tested with um, her again later whether anything was happening with A. And he tested with Emily as well. And none of them told him anything. But the one thing you forgot to mention about their meeting is, so they're talking about the thing that they've got planned for that night, which doesn't end up happening, I don't think. uh, Unless his plan was to get caught. (laughs) um, Which I doubt. (laughs) Which I doubt. Mona says they're all ready to go. And Toby says, I think you're rushing. But yeah. Mona reminds him that he's not in charge. He says she says that she is in charge. The question is, who is she? She is the real A. These guys are just minions. Or is it another Mona alter ego? She is crazy. She is crazy. Because Lucas also thinks Mona's got a bunch of minions. Yeah. Mm. So like he was one of the people she was blackmailing, but he thinks she's got a whole bunch of other people. And he felt like the middle man between Mona and other people. So, Lucas took an envelope from Jason to Mona while she was in Radley. And why is no one freaking out about this? Oh, they're not freaking out about it because Hannah didn't tell anyone. Yeah. But, like, Hannah should be freaking out about it because, like, not two episodes ago was Spencer at Jason's house. Please don't talk to Mona. Yeah, but, again, this is where I was saying about the half-truths. They don't tell each other this stuff. Well, um, I think next we're recording our last episode of 
Twilight, right? Our last movie, yes. Twilight. So, um, Breaking Dawn Part Two, baby. Yeah, catch us for that one. I'm really excited, actually. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Before we go, though, uh, who has any worst sister stories? I do. Yes, go on. Okay, so it happened last night while I was trying to watch Pretty Little Liars, and the internet kept cutting in and out. And every time I tried to log on to my internet, uh, it kept coming up back at me with something called Hidden Network. And I was like, oh my god, I nearly died. I don't get it. I understand. <laughs> I'll, send you guys, I'll send you guys the photo. It kept okay. coming up at me saying um, like a Wi-Fi, yeah. but the Wi-Fi's name was Hidden Network. Yeah. And I was like, Caleb's got to be around here trying to hack into my hotspot. Uh. And then I couldn't get a message out to you guys either because the internet wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to die here alone at 11 o'clock at night watching this creepy show. Alone with the rest of the alone. family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were sleeping. No worst sister stories for me except um, I turned off my new laptop eight times today because the off button is right next to the backspace button. It's so bad. It's so badly placed. Why – Literally, why is it in the middle of my keyboard? <laughs> I don't know. It's to keep you alert. Like, you need to live a little. <laughs> yeah, and it's bad because it's, like, it's no harder to press than any other button. Like, you know how a regular on-off button's, like, quite firm? Yeah. This is just, like, a regular tap-tap button. Like, I'm, I've just hit the letter G or something. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us uh, in this episode of Shadewood. Join us next week for Twilight, the final part. And uh, that's what it's called <laughs> I'm just renamed like the final part. Yes, I'm just renamed this movie. Um, join us for Breaking Dawn Part Two. Um, I'm really looking forward to covering it, and then after that, we'll be back to Shadewood. Um, so looking forward to that too. But yeah, so thanks, and as always, you can find us on all our socials. So we're at Worst Sister Shire on Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, and TikTok, and we are at Sister Worst on Twitter. Let's go to a hadabam. Are you guys ready? One, two, three. Hadabam. Hadabam.